everyone, this is Josh. And this is Joe with a mini-sode. This past weekend was our local Minneapolis horror convention, Crypticon. Woo! Josh, why exactly did you want to go this year? What special guest faces did you want to see? The one that stood out for me that I was super excited about was my beloved horror daddy, Zach Galligan yes. from Gremlins and Waxwork. Specifically Waxwork because, you know, here's the thing. Everybody thinks of him, you know, from Gremlins. But for me, Waxwork is where it's at. I love this series. It's fucking gonzo bananas, but it's a lot of fun. And I've long longed for him. So yeah, I was I was excited. And then Joe wasn't initially going to go because he had a prior engagement, which was... Yes, I was at two conventions this past weekend, Crypticon and the Uncanny Experience, uh, which was, in their words, an immersive fandom event. So it was a big X-Men gathering convention, uh, which we can talk about a little bit uh, at the end as well. But... I, and I bought those tickets like right when it was announced, like last October, not realizing because I don't I'm not even sure if Crypticon had announced its dates for the next year. But as the event got closer, you seemed very excited to want to see Zach Galligan. And I had a fun time at Crypticon last year. So we just got the one day Saturday pass to go check it out. Uh, when we first entered the convention, Josh, you were kind of adorable because you were so nervous to go up to Zach Galligan's table that we had to make our rounds to the other guests so you could work up to it. <laughs> I, I had a lot of anxiety, just like last year. You'd think that it would get easier and easier, but like walking up to a complete stranger who also happens to be a celebrity, whether they are A-list, B-list, C-list, D-list, whatever you categorize them as. I mean, they're all A-list to me, but <laughs> I don't know. I had the same problem when I lived in LA and I worked at this coffee shop and it was pretty close to a studio and every now and then people would come in. Like, I don't know if I've told the story on the podcast, but a regular at this coffee shop was Eli Roth. And oh. I mean, this is before, I believe it was before Inglorious Bastards, but after Hostile Fame. And I just remember thinking not only is he, I mean smoking hot i do appreciate i'm one of the few people that you know i really appreciate his humor and and his films and i would get so nervous like whenever he'd come in and like there was even one time when like i was alone at the counter and he came up and i like just froze and like turned to my coat and then like a coworker came up and i was like can you help him uh, I'll be right back and like walked away because I was like, <laughs> oh, I, I just no. feel so awkward. And there was even a girl that I worked with that started dating him because he actually like had asked for her number. Ooh. And so she had told me this because she's like, oh, I know he likes him. And so she's like, what What would be like some movies that we could talk about? And I was like, oh, girl, I got the list for you. I'm going to live vicariously <laughs> out. This is like Roxanne <laughs> up in this bitch. Like I am pretending to be her so I can just essentially live vicariously like I'm dating Eli Roth. So anyway. Back to the point of this story. We had gotten there in the afternoon. So I was like, well, we got to go hit up the celebrities right away because they may not be at their tables forever. And of course, who was the first one we saw, right, Joe? Zach Galligan. <laughs> I was like, fuck, I'm not ready. Like I looked around the corner and I was just like, oh, I'm not. I can't. I can't do it. Like we got to we got to go find someone else. So, you know, another celebrity that I was kind of excited to, to meet was uh, I, I'm going to butcher the last name, Danny Pintaro. Well, Pintaro, yeah, I think that's I, him. I believe is how you say it. He played Jonathan in Who's the Boss. Um, and it was also, you know, there because he's in Cujo. Like, that's yeah, why everyone was 
super excited to meet him and yeah because he... d d wallace was there too who's the mom and cujo and the mom and et and a lot of other things yeah and by far you know she was one of the big heavy hitter yeah. names there so i wanted to get his autograph because i have a friend who is a who's the boss fan and i was like yes i absolutely want to get this eight by ten signed for my my good friend who has this whole running joke about a line that he says in the show. And so I had it written down and everything. So it's like, oh, let's let's just go to Danny. And right when we got into the room, I think he immediately was like walking out. And oh, like, that's right. Break. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, fuck, again. So third time's a charm. You know, the first one we ended up going with was the biggest, in my opinion, name celebrity last minute announcement. And Joe, do you want a drum roll reveal who that big name was? It's Mira Sorvino. Which shocked the hell out of me. I think Joe probably got like a 20 exclamation point text from me the day that they announced that she was going to be at the con. As soon as we were descending these stairs going down to find Mira Sorvino, like, bam, there she is, like right at the bottom of the stairs. And I was, holy shit, again, my nerves, because this is the first one that we're talking to. I'm nervous about meeting Zach Galligan and then like, oh, here's your here's your only option meeting an academy award-winning actress mira sorvino but man she couldn't have been nicer than anyone i've ever met in my life i mean honestly she's nicer than some of the family i have and i just <laughs> like i i was so nervous i don't know how did i how did i seem joe when i was like interacting with her you kind of self-deprecate because i feel like when you sat down with her cuz you had your own printed Romy and Michelle photo because they, you know, she had all of her different eight by tens there. And there were a few Romy and Michelle's in addition to the mimic stuff, her horror output, but you had your own. And I think you said something's like, Oh, don't kill me. But yeah, that was the first this. thing I said. And she's like, why would I kill you? Why would you kill you? And it was, it was because I mean, as a longtime Madonna fan and a huge fan of that movie, I had to absolutely had to have a printout of her and Lisa Kudrow in the flashback Madonna outfits. Yeah, I was like, this is the one. Like, this absolutely has to be signed. Because also, we have to keep in mind, like, there's a lot of mixed messages and confusion with the strike going on right now. So Joe and I are, like, looking at social media and trying to figure shit out and be like, can we talk about movies? Will they have photos? Like, yeah, it was a big question, If like, what they would have to sign. Like, is it only going to be, like, their headshots and they can't have things? Yeah. Well, and the whole point of me, you know, one of the points, I should say, of me going to Crypticon was to try to get this autograph for my friend for Danny. I had planned ahead thinking, okay, if none of them have printed out 8x10s like they usually do, I should do my damnedest to try to get one myself, just so I'm prepared. Because I don't want to show up and be like, Hey, can we get a picture? And then I show it to my friend and say, look, I met him. Wasn't that cool? <laughs> and God bless the Walgreens by my house, because even though they are copyright images and people were saying they will not print them, this Walgreens does not give a shit. And so they <laughs> printed a bunch of pictures that I sent to them. Um, and so that's where, yes, my my beautiful 8x10 glossy photo, which I was worried was going to smear, of Romy and Michelle got printed and as we were talking, like, I didn't even give her a prompt to sign, like, something specific. And she so graciously had the best signature. It says, for Josh, you're the Mary, XOXO Mira Servino. And so 
it's probably one of the most treasured items that I have. It's just, I couldn't have asked for an, like a better interaction. She was so kind and sweet. It was like floating on a cloud, Joe. Like I, I was like feeling so great and that it was so amazing. And she was so kind and she took a picture and she really took her time, even though there was someone that came after me and I didn't feel rushed. It was the best way to start it. And then uh, we returned to Zach and I wouldn't say I was severely disappointed. I just think following that experience, it 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 just it would it was unmatched. You know what I mean? I think Zach was probably more in con mode where he's just like, yep, here to sign stuff. Yeah. He was still nice. He you know, he had this little like gizmo doll that he took a picture with everybody with. He just hold up, even though I had asked for the waxwork eight by ten. It's a beautiful picture of him gripping Deborah Foreman, who I would love, love, love to meet one day. But um, his just said, to Josh, Zach Galligan. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I tried to kind of ask some questions about Waxwork, because there's been long rumors about, uh, you know, potential Waxwork 3. And he just kind of was like, oh, I don't know, I'd have to check in with the, the director. And he wasn't mean, he wasn't rude, he wasn't short, but it just felt very, like, bro. And, like, what I wanted was, like, why don't you, here's my hotel room key. I'll meet you afterwards. Um, no, I I, 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 I somewhat kid. It's like I kept asking my husband, like, what's your rule on celebrities? Yes, he looks like a dad, but still, I think he looks pretty good for an older guy. Uh, and then the third one was Danny, which, again, it like, when I kind of like dipped with Zach, it went back up with Danny. He was very personable, really kind. Like I had my hand personalized, handwritten post-it that I was like, would you mind writing this exact thing for my friend? And he did. It was really nice. And he even said, send me a DM or an instant message when you get her response. I want to know how it turned out. So, but I don't know. What do you think of the other guests, Joe? Because there were some other like well-known names. Yeah, there were some, like Clint Howard and Jake Busey were kind of the two bigger ones. I mean, the big draw now, I mean, for all horror conventions is the Terrifier movies, which have become such a huge phenomenon, and uh, neither of us particularly care about that. (laughs) No. That's why I was kind of soured on Crypticon at first, because those were the first guests they announced. It's like, oh, is this all it is? And I don't know. Yeah, it was like one thing after another, like Terrifier, Terrifier 2, Terrifier, Terrifier. I think a thing that kind of hurt Crypticon 2 is that because of the strike, there couldn't be any guest panels. And that was one of the best things of last year. That made me a Chucky fan because we stepped in at the Chucky panel and were listening to the actors involved in that franchise, but we couldn't get any of that this year. Well, and to be fair, like we're not just being biased. Like we had run into complete strangers that we had sort of chatted, like and had a long conversation at the party room at the uh towards the end of the the day. And they were in their twenties, these two um girls that were together. Diehard Scream fans. So Diehard Scream just... fans, yes. So shout out to them. They were great. It was so so great chatting. But they had full on said too, like, yeah, I was a little disappointed to see it's all terrifier. Cause like, yeah, we don't mind the films, but like it would be cool to see like more of a diverse group of actors or I should say films and not just all centralized on one. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, overall, like, I'm really glad we went. I'm so glad and grateful that you decided to go, Joe, because I don't know, I never even asked you, but did you have a good time? I did have a good time. I mean, we we ended up sticking around, uh, hanging out at the hotel bar for a while, watching the cosplay contest. My personal favorite was someone won as the cloud from Nope, which was very inspired. 
Also, I want to point out, like, not a good year to pick Pyramid Head as your costume. Oh, yeah, so many pyramid like, why? <laughs> there were, what, like, four or five? Yeah, I think five. Yeah, and they, they all looked great. They all were super into character. They had, you know, their Pyramid Head cosplay on point. It just got awkward because it'd be like, and next to the stage, Pyramid Head, and we're like, oh. And uh, the one that Joe and I were super bummed about that, they announced, but the person never showed up, was someone was supposed to do for the couple's costume, um, Alice from Resident Evil and Nemesis. But yeah, I'm so glad we got to see the costume contest this year. And oh, did, lest we forget all of the comments that I was getting all day, I forgot to mention that. Oh god, yeah. I will post a picture of what I was wearing with some of the celebrities, but I just have a... Well, like, before that, like... You special ordered uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer shirt in time for the con to wear from overseas. I was really excited because I'd been wanting the shirt. That was the first one that I saw from this seller on Etsy. Shout out to Hellmouth on Etsy if you don't know them or haven't looked out, um, looked up their account. It's Hellmouth UK, I think. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to wear it. People are going to notice because last year I wore my Serial Mom baseball shirt and people were like, oh, I love your shirt or whatever, this, that or the other. And, you know, like, let's be honest. Like cons in general, people are very like into their like shirt identities, essentially. Like they wear it as like a badge of honor, like, oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Like, look, I'm wearing this obscure or this unique shirt and they love people to comment on it because I definitely said to a few people that I was like, I love your shirt. There was a girl that was dressed like, I don't know if she's supposed to be Angela Baker or if she was a camp counselor, but it was the (laughs) Camp Rolling Hills um, Sleepaway Camp 2 camp T-shirt. So anyway, yeah, I'm wearing this awesome, I know what you did last summer shirt. I'm wearing a leopard print cardigan, because again, just got to stand out a little bit, a little flare, and just like gray jeans. And I'm walking around, and no one is saying anything. Not once did anybody say like, I love your shirt, or oh, where did you get it? Which, fine, okay, like I don't need constant uh, compliments. But instead, people would come up to me and they'd be like, hey, Ferris, I think was the first thing yeah. one of the vendors said and i was like what oh ferris bueller like i get it like oh he thinks and he's like oh you really expected to wear that and not expect someone to say something and i was like i wasn't planning my outfit around it i mean like <laughs> if i was wearing like a beret yeah maybe but like also let's get real right ferris wears a sweater vest thank you very much a leopard sweater <laughs> vest not a full like sleeved leopard cardigan so anyway uh so that was the first time i had heard it then we're walking around and some guy is like, hey, are you supposed to be Macklemore? And I was like, <laughs> what? And he's like, you know, the singer? I'm like, no, no, I know who that is. I'm like, no, I am just wearing my clothes. I'm not even blonde and my hair isn't even styled that way. And he's like, well, yeah, no, like, I mean, you should take it as a compliment because Macklemore is blah, 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 blah. And I was like, no, I'm not offended. I just, I don't, I don't understand. So I just kind of walked away like, what's, what's the deal? We kept seeing that person too. So there are multiple Macklemore comments. Yeah, and he just kept saying, like, every time I run into him, too, he's just like, just so you guys know, that's not Macklemore. I was just like, I don't get it. Uh, I don't feel uncomfortable. (laughs) Thankfully, the best comment was, I was standing at the bar, and I heard someone say, I knew we'd see each other again. And I was like, what? And I look over, and there was a guy basically wearing, like, a bowler shirt, like, a just a button-up shirt, but his was leopard print. And I was like, oh, yeah, because we're, like, twinsies. And then I went into the whole conversation about like, yeah, people have been saying like Macklemore, 
And then there was some random guy sitting at the bar and he started laughing. And he's like, I see it, Macklemore. I was like, what? I don't understand. Like, I said, what's the deal? He's like, well, you know, like thrift shop. I'm like, but he doesn't wear leopard in that, does he? He said, no, but he wears like a fur coat. I'm like, I'm not wearing a fur coat. I don't get it. So I don't know. I had a question for you before we get into the uncanny. We probably asked this last year, but if you could pick any guests or add any dream guests for next year, who would you like to see? Well, I think my number one now, honestly, because just because I've been rewatching some of the stuff they've done, uh, so it's really in my head. Dana Ashbrook, uh, Bobby from Twin Peaks. Mm. Any Twin Peaks representation would be nice, but I think him especially. And he's in Waxwork. Mm-hmm. Well, and that was, again, that's why it's such a bummer because that cast is so iconic in Waxwork. I really wanted to talk about, was Zach like, oh my God, what was it like working with all these fantastic people? How many days did you work together? Did you spend more time? Or did you just shoot your scenes and go your separate ways? Are you still friends? I mean, all these questions I would love to just like pick his brain about, but just didn't get around to it. But yeah, that would be cool. And I mean, for me, I I'd absolutely have to say I'm still waiting for fucking Felissa Rose. Yeah. She needs to come. She needs to come because she owes been, us. <laughs> this was so many like non-starters where she was supposed to come last year. She pulled out for whatever reason. There's also like a sleepaway camp screening that she was supposed to be part of like a month prior to that. That got canceled. So it's like, I don't know what's going on, but Felissa Rose, we are putting this out there in the universe for you. Please, for the love of God, come to Minnesota because you do have a following. And I even bought a pendant this weekend. That is her face, you know, from Angela from Sleepboy Camp. And I have a very great costume that I want to put together, a cosplay, that I'm just holding out because it makes more sense to take a picture with her dressed as this character. But other than that, I mean, my other big one, I have to say, is Deborah Foreman now, especially because of Waxwork. Oh, yeah. I mean, Waxwork alone, like Valley Girl, April Fool's Day. I mean, she's she's another huge name that I think Minnesota probably could swing. Mm-hmm. That's not the caliber of, you know, the Robert Englands that I definitely want to yeah. meet. Or as Joe and I were talking, Mila Jovovich. Would yeah. she ever do a con? That's the question. I don't yeah. know if she does them, but... yeah. Could you imagine? Oh, Holy shit. If it, if she was like the Mira Sorvino last minute ad, like we'd have to get like a tent. We'd be like old school tent, like sit outside <laughs> the, the uh, hotel. Like we're the first ones there. We're signing for VIP gold. Well, overall, I mean, you had a good time. Yeah, definitely don't regret it. It was it was a long day with the uh, the other con as well. But double dipping. That's what I kept saying. You're double dipping that day. Uh, and we need to talk about the uncanny experience because talk about another last minute ad. Whew, this was a real hard one. Yeah, the last minute ad at Uncanny Experience, how they nabbed him instead of Crypticon, it was Casper Van Dien, uh, because he was in a fan movie, Deadpool the Musical 2, which was <laughs> uh it's like, really? Can't you just, you know? The Uncanny Experience ends at like 5 p.m. You don't have to stick around for the after party. Just come on over to hang out with your Starship Troopers buddy, Jake Busey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I kept telling Joe, I was like, can we try to talk to Jake and be like, do you have Casper's number? You need to invite him here ASAP. <laughs> because, man, talk about a panty dropper. Like, if I would have met Casper <laughs> Bendian, my clothes would have immediately melted off my body. I've said it before. Maybe I haven't said it on the podcast, but... um. Well, let me rewind. It's funny. So I was printing all these photos out, right, for the con. And I Joe sends me that thing, that, that's a message that says, look at this last minute ad. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, So I immediately go to the website. I'm like, I cannot pay $95 just to get in. And then another 
charge to just get his autograph and comment yeah. um and, and or a picture it's just too much it was too much money i couldn't swing it as much as i love him so joe responds and says let me know if you want to get anything signed and so i immediately send him this picture because this is so iconic to me and my coming out journey so talk about an experience that had me dragging out of the closet at, at, when this movie came out that iconic shower scene in uh starship troopers when casper vindian walks on screen and you see his full ass like front and center and someone even slaps his butt oh my god oh my god it's like that is right up there with the ryan Philippe like cruel intentions scene and or even his ryan Philippe a uh, shower scene in an edge to the summer. It's like mm-hmm. no gay man can stand a chance watching this, right? So I take a screenshot of just that image of Casper Van Dien in the shower room, just him, no one else, and just like full ass shot. And I was like, Joe, you think you, you think he would sign this? <laughs> oh, and I really wish I would have done it. I think the better question that I joked at Crypticon was like, would have Walgreens have printed that? <laughs> <Yeah>. Because <laughs> like just how far can you push it well and the question is one will they print it and two the better question is would he sign that yeah <laughs> and poor joe it's imagining sending you to do my dirty work like hey can you sign this for my friend he's a big fan even that even better yeah. you can't even say she's a big fan nope nope he is a big fan um hopefully so- by this point he know he has to know that he has a gay following somewhere out there oh yeah because we I'm sure you're not the only one. No, I I had kind of mentioned this like I had made a Casper Van Dien sort of post on Instagram a while back on my other Instagram page it's queer bait dance party and I definitely I think I did a montage of like people who are still damn fine or like maybe just like people that had a specific role in my coming out story because I you know the starship troopers experience for sure and so i posted it tagging him and he he like liked it and i was just like oh okay well clearly there's no mixing uh messages here because if the (laughs) handle is queer bait dance party like he knows and it's you know got a picture of you know rainbow and within the logo and all that like i think he understands the assignment but yeah good for him and you did i didn't end up seeing him but you did see him you said then he looks good that looks pretty good holding on you know, after the whole Zach Galligan thing, I think that was the hardest part for me is as we're drinking a little bit, I got a little bit more leaning into like, should I spend the money? And I told you to, that I'd, I'd give you my badge so you can go in there and get us <laughs> try to sneak in. But you know what? After the money I spent at Crypticon, like dropping 90 bucks, Casper Vendine, if you're listening, like you are worth it. You are absolutely worth it. I just couldn't do it. So I hope he will be back for either Crypticon or we do other cons in Twin Cities. So, but yeah, speak, sorry, speak about the uncanny experience a little bit. Oh yeah. Well, uh, apart from Casper, I, here's an issue. <laughs> like I'm going to be a bit critical uh, of the uncanny experience, but I, I feel it, it was successful and I, I, they're, they're planning to run it again next year. I don't know if it's in the Twin Cities. Uh, I'm actually confused why it was in the Twin Cities this year, because I don't think they have ties here specifically. I hope that it, you know, it keeps going smoother for them because this is a first year uh, convention. And the big draws here for everyone, I feel first off, you have a spotlight on the legendary comic book writer, Chris Claremont, who did over two decades writing X books, among many other things. 
So you get a chance to meet him. And also, there were a number of people from the 90s X-Men animated series, which you're a fan of, Josh. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- they had the creators there. They had a number of voice actors there. So, I mean, if you're big fans of those two things, I think that those were the two things that you got your ticket, you go here, you're going to have a great time. Yeah, awesome. I was less excited about those. I like both, you know, but, you know, I'm not as excited to meet a lot of celebrities. Um, I was more looking forward to the, as they phrase it, the immersive fandom event. Because when you say that kind of thing, now I feel like you get that sense of like that Disney Star Wars hotel thing that they had for a while that was a mm-hmm. billion dollars to go to. But like, oh, maybe this is a smaller scale. You have it in this mansion uh, and you, you're you bringing in these professional cosplayers. Like, oh, there's going to be stuff going on. There might be a story going on. Like, I don't know. And there wasn't. <laughs> I feel like, because being a first-year con, I, I feel they were probably limited by renting this historic mansion. Well, this mansion's used for other stuff, so there's probably only so much you can do. So you can ma- you can only make it so immersive. Like, you have all these, the historic art on the walls that I'm sure they can't take down or do anything with. Uh, I'm sure they can't use some rooms. Like, you see these rooms, like, oh, why aren't you using this part? So... It wasn't, I wouldn't call it immersive. And also you're bringing in these pro cosplayers. You know, this isn't their like full-time job, like someone, you know, uh, working for Disney where, you know, having them like, all right, you have to be part of this ongoing story that takes place over two days. Like they can't do that. So, okay, I understand, whatever. But there was like, it was called a mystery at the mansion that was like, oh, you find these clues within the mansion through the weekend. And then, you know, if you follow the trail, you can eventually get put into a VIP passes for next year uh drawing and i thought i'd try that out i actually ended up doing it with uh there are previous podcast guests jason and amanda uh their son we went together to try to figure this out and how like first oh you're supposed to talk to one of the cosplayers and they'll send you on your way so we did that we talked to uh gene gray i believe and went off to the desk of Cerebro because they had Professor X's Cerebro there that you could get your picture taken. And like, oh, there's a note that takes you to Logan's bedroom. So they have Wolverine's bedroom there and you find something on the wall. And then that's where things got weird because it says like, go back to your beginnings. It was like, oh, first floor by registration. And for the life of us, we could not figure it out. We were talking to staff who were telling us different things. So we were getting like sent all over. And eventually we found out like, oh, you're supposed to talk to these specific cosplayers, either Gene or Rogue or Gambit. And at that point, I'm like, oh, are we supposed to like talk to all the cosplayers and get other information? <laughs> because we talked to Gene again and she pointed us to the Hellfire Club room, which is where like there was an after hours party if you were a VIP person that they had like, oh, you're supposed to go there. So then we went there. But thinking about it now, like I think she sent us there sooner than we were supposed to, because I feel that there was a clue that we completely missed because we get to this Hellfire room. And so there's this chest. And what it is, is there's supposed to be this uh, four digit padlock on this chest. And there's, I guess, a number associated with each clue. So like, well, we didn't run into four clues, uh, so we couldn't have answered it. But either because it was Sunday and, you know, it was the second day you want to make it easier or it legitimately broke, but the lock and what it hooked onto was broken off of the chest and just laying there. So you could just, you didn't need to open it. You could just go to the chest and pop it open. (laughs) Oh, there's the cube and there's that. So I'm like, uh, something went wrong here somehow. I don't know. It was, it wasn't the immersive 
experience I'd hoped. Would you return? I, you know, maybe, but it's expensive. It's pricey compared with other cons. I don't know. I'd have to see like what they would offer <laughs> before Sure. I would spend that money again. We'll see. But then I'm like, oh, well, well what are they going to focus on next year? Are they going to just bring Chris Claremont back again? Or will they rent out a high school and have it revolve around X-Men Evolution? But I'm surprised. Like We were talking to some people, and people from all over the country were there, like some from Texas and Detroit, and it's really brought people out. So. Were they super disappointed by like No, we? that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't mean to be too negative. I'm like nitpicking things, but everyone seemed to really enjoy it and really enjoy being around this kind of community that's like a focused on one thing. Cause I know like there are things I've, I've been interested before that of there's a Twin Peaks convention that happens. There used to be a Gargoyles cartoon convention, even at Mall of America the week before. There was a file fest for X-Files, which like that was a ridiculous amount of money, which is why I didn't end up going. But yeah, people seem to love it. But I'm glad, you know, like you said, you made the most of it. And again, the fans, Yeah. you know, they roll with it. Just like Crypticon, I think as disappointing as some of the announcements can seem, like all the Terrifier, Terrifier 2 stuff, everybody just seems to be having a great time. It's like the one sort of time, just like I'm sure the uh, Uncanny Experience, like everyone, for lack of better words, everyone gets to like let their freak flag fly, Yeah, you know. you nerd out. Well, yeah. I, I I think that's a wrap on Crypticon 2023. Um, well, thanks for joining us for the mini-sode. As we said in our last episode, we'll be on break for the rest of this month, but we are coming back strong in October as we go weekly with spooky staff picks. And should we announce our first? We might as well. I mean, it's just a few weeks out. Yeah, let's do So it. we are starting with the Collingswood story. Woo! Uh, which is a pioneered the screen life horror genre. And you can watch that on Shudder. So check it out. And then come back to us on when is that? October, October 4th. Uh, if you like what you've heard on this week's Minisode, please follow and, and leave a review on your favorite podcast app.